I'm Red Robinson, and these are the Legends of Rock. Bill Haley was one of Rock's pioneers. I asked him how he got started. Well, the, the beginning for Bill Haley, uh, let, let's really go back now, was uh, 1947, 1946 to be exact. And I had been trying very hard, as most young fellows do, to get started in show business and uh, doing amateur contests and what have you. And then on those days, Red, I was a, a yodeler, a Swiss yodeler. I, I was, used to be known as Silver Yodeling Bill. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, in 1946, I won the National Yodeling Championship uh, with guys like Alton Britt and Kenny Roberts and boys like this. In oh, those you're days. kidding. No, really. And uh, I uh, then got a job with a, my first professional job was with a group called the Down Homers. And... Um, my first big job, my first job was in WDEL in Wilmington, Delaware as a cowboy singer. And uh, then I traveled oh, quite a bit uh, working, I worked as a, a guide on a dude ranch for a while and uh, riding horseback till I fell off the horse and almost <laughs> broke my neck. And then uh, uh, from there, I, I, my big uh, stars in those days that I wanted to be like were the Sons of the Pioneers. And uh, I finally got a job with a group in WOW uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana singing tenor in a, in a western quartet uh, a la the, uh, the Sons of the Pioneers. <clears throat> we went to Blue Network at that time. It was just before N uh, ABC. Before ABC, right. And uh, we used to have a Saturday night network show coast to coast called The Hoosier Hop from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, <laughs> uh, then from there I went to WTIC in Hartford, Connecticut where I had my own NBC radio show six mornings a week from uh, 6.15 till 6.30 as a cowboy singer. Uh, from there, I went. Uh, I decided to give up show business. I was. I uh, thought I was a complete failure, and I the heck with it, you know. And I went back home to at that time Chester, Pennsylvania, where my mother and dad were living. And um, as luck would have it, a fellow I was going to completely get out of the business, and a, a man by the name of Lou Poller, who today is a multimillionaire, and in those days was broke. Uh, Lou had uh, was starting a station in Chester, WPWA. And uh, as it was hometown for me, I went down and uh, told him about my experience, and I got a job with him as uh, what-have-you record librarian, disc jockey, janitor, um, what-have-you. And I had my own two-hour uh, country music radio show, a live show with a band every day. But I had, uh, during my travels, worked in New Orleans and worked in Oklahoma City for a while, a KOMA, worked at Camo X in St. Louis for a while. Um, I did quite a, a stint down in New Orleans, uh, doing rhythm and blues and uh, learned a lot from the uh, the old timers down there but consequently as I did my live show in Chester Pennsylvania and got my first group together which at that time were called the Saddlemen um, the, f the flavor of our music uh, was a mixture of country and western and rhythm and blues and uh, this was actually how we got started that was 1940 Oh, 1947 late mm -hmm. 1947 then in 48 we worked the Philadelphia area with the group and uh, uh, 1949, I was working in a night, little nightclub called the Twin Bar in Gloucester, New Jersey, and uh, um, doing our style of music, which was a hand-clapping, stomping, sort of a, a semi-gospel uh, type music, you might say, and we mm -hmm. used to have the people jumping, and uh, there was a big, there's a, there is a big naval base in Philadelphia, and a U.S. naval base, and all the sailors used to come down, they used to love this kind of music, and uh, it became the rompin', stompin', rockin' uh, club for all the Philadelphia area, and the fame started to spread, and eventually, uh, through the radio show and the club, uh, a, a record company came in and uh, saw that it was a different type music, Yes, and asked us to make some records, and we were off. 
let's back up a little bit here. You mentioned the the marriage, if you wish, of two different sets of music, the rhythm and blues, which you said you picked up in New Orleans, Mm -hmm. with the uh, natural thing that that you started out with, and that is basically country music or or country and Western music. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, would you say, Bill, now for years and years, I know back in, in in the early 50s, in the mid 50s, it was pretty hard to discern what rock and roll is, but I think now, as we look back over the past 12, 15 years, mm-hmm. would you say or would you uh, not say that it is a combination of rhythm and blues and country that formed rock? You well, should yes, know. very definitely, Red, it is. And too much publicity, absolutely too much publicity, has been given to the fact that rock and roll is rhythm and blues music, and it is not. It very definitely isn't any more than it is Western music. It is. Uh, uh, a combination, as you say, of both. Uh, it is basically a rhythm. We uh, we change the rhythm from uh, uh, from just a shuffle type rhythm right. to the to the heavy two four beat, which was uh, um, one two three four one two three four. Get out in that kitchen and rattle those pots and pans. Whereas it used to be dun da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun da. Right. Well, right. get out in that kitchen. See, uh, we emphasize the two and the four beat. And we added to this the flavor of, of the old-time swing bands. Now, we've talked a lot about the, uh, uh, the rhythm and blues end of it. Let's talk about the Spade Coolies and the Tex Williams and their western swing bands. Uh, this was the feel. This, uh, this was the, the combination of the two, Red. It, it wasn't any more one than the other that formed what is called rock and roll music. Where did the name come from now? In your, I mean, this probably lost along the way let's face it but where do you think and you should be the best expert on this today where do you think the term form maybe you know where it formed rock and roll music the word rock and roll the terminology rock and roll well um, rock uh, has been used for many many years Red, long before you or I were even here uh, they used the uh, let's rock the place let's rock it you know uh, uh, and that came from the rocking chair you know the, the swinging right. rock you see uh, we uh, I wrote a song Oh, this goes back again, once again, to 1948. Uh, and I had an old friend of mine by the name of Danny Cedrone, who incidentally was the lead guitar player on Rock Around the Clock and on uh, all of our early records, Rocket 88 and Rock the Joint. Uh, and Danny had a group called the Esquire Boys, and he wanted a song, and he said, uh, because at this time, uh, we had already had a record called Rocket 88, and a, a hit record called uh, uh, Rockin' Chair on the Moon, and a hit record called uh, We're Gonna Rock This Joint. And he wanted a song because he, I think, recognized even before I did that we had something going. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a song for the Esquire Boys uh, called uh, Rock a Beat and Boogie. And uh, as I was writing the lyric, I started out rock, rock, rock everybody. And then I couldn't think of a second term, so I used roll, rock and roll. And then rock, rock, rock everybody, roll, roll, roll everybody. They recorded the song, Red, and nothing happened with it. And a year later, the Treneers, who are a very fine group, right, I remember uh, recorded this for Columbia Records, and nothing happened there. There were two major records on this song, and nothing happened with it. And then, uh, oh, about a year later, after uh, we had gotten with Decca Records at this time, I recorded the song, because I always felt it, was, uh, it had merit. And just about this time, the disc jockey Alan Freed uh, was breaking in in Cleveland, Ohio, and he chose my record of Rock a Beat and Boogie as his theme song, and uh, among others for a while, but at, at this particular time, he was using this as the theme, and he used to come on. He was the first DJ, Red, to start the slapping of his hands on the desk and everything when he was uh, doing his show, and he used to come on Felt and rock, it. rock, rock, roll, roll, rock and roll, everybody, and this became an expression with Alan. And Alan is generally given the credit for uh, popularizing the name rock and roll, but that's where the name of the, of the music came from. 
at first, uh, we were immensely proud of the fact that uh, uh, myself being a, a real country boy, a real farm boy from Highland Park, Michigan, and then from Pennsylvania later, uh, never dreaming in my wildest dreams that what I was doing would become a, a, an international trend for 12 years in the, in the whole world in the music business. And uh, I never had any, any thought or any idea how far the music would go or how much it would, uh, would help the whole show business in general. Um, but I find now that 12 years have passed uh, that I, uh, I just I want to stay with it. You know, I, I, I love the music. I love traveling. I love the opportunity to come back, for instance, to Vancouver and visit with you, Red, and with all my old friends. And uh, uh, I just dread the thought of sitting down on that ranch I have in Mexico and not right. seeing any of you guys again, you know, or the people and the public. And uh, I, I, as long as they, they'll let me, I'll be around for a long time. Were you able, through uh, all the successful years, not saying that these years are not successful, but let's say the frenzy the frantic years, uh, to stash a little money away? Or was it all going out to, as it has, you know, it's an, it's an old story of success in show business whereby when you're making it, there's a lot of people that are also making it with you. And how much of it did you retain? Were you able to keep any of it? Well, Red, I'll be very honest with you. I have made uh, over $3 million uh, with my guitar in my lifetime, and uh, I haven't kept a great deal of it. I uh, at least was smart enough, I think, to... Uh, to put a little away, because I knew that, the, of course, you can't make, uh, uh, and even these days, we make nowhere near the money that we used to make. The, the, uh, the figure that I quoted was all made in the years of 1954, 55, 56, and 57. Right. Uh, and as you know, the income tax is very heavy on people who make that kind of money, and uh, we were in the 70, 80% bracket for a long time, so uh, uh, you can figure out of $3 million yeah, that uh, probably 500000 was left after taxes and expenses. And, of course, Red, you know, in those days we had managers. Well, this is what story. I meant. You yeah, know, you you've got managers, managers and, bouncers, and, and uh, uh, people like this. And, uh, it's overhead is high. But uh, thanks to good Lord, uh, I have a wonderful wife, and uh, she kept after me. And we, uh, uh, we bought a little ranch down in Mexico, and uh, we made a few small investments, enough to be comfortable. And... Uh, uh, the point is, Red, that I, I, if I wanted to, or if I ever have to, uh, I can sit down, uh, sit down and not, not worry financially about that. But uh, now, uh, it's not, as I say, it's not as lucrative, but it's more of a pleasure for me right. now, because uh, now it once again is a challenge. We're going to be making some records for uh, either Tower Records or Challenge Records or Mercury Records. We have three offers. It's all and, up in the air. Right and, uh, but uh, very short, we'll be making some new records. And... Uh, uh, I've got the old feel again, because Red, honestly, and I've never said this before uh, on any microphone, but uh, I have to be truthful about it. And I imagine this is with everybody who has the amount of success that the Comets and myself have had. You lose the initiative, you know, because uh, it's kind of like the old song, don't tell me about her lips, I've been there, you know. And right. we've, we've, been around, <laughs> we've been around the world four times, and... Um, you know, we've seen Paris, and we've seen Johannesburg, South Africa, and we've, we've been to England, and I've done a, uh, a performance for the Queen, and uh, uh, I've played all the, the major cities of the world. And, you know, it's, it's kind of tough, Red, after having done that. And I don't say that to brag. I say that uh, with all truthfulness and all thankfulness for the success of our career, that it, it's a little hard to get the enthusiasm up, you know, that... Uh, uh, that you would have as, as a new, uh, new group or a new act starting out. And uh, it's just the last, the past few years, and it's people like yourself and uh, like Dick Clark, as I mentioned, uh, I think yesterday to Tom, that uh, Dick uh, said, Billy said it would be a shame for you to quit because uh, 
you still have the ideas. You spent all these years in the music business, and uh, why shouldn't you come back with another big record?